The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Good morning, 1045 service. How are we doing today? You guys sound good. Y'all were getting it this morning in worship. Pat yourself on the back. That was awesome. Worship was so good. I don't know about you, but man, I'm so thankful for this house. I'm so thankful that God brought me here, that he brought you guys here, that we're at a place where we're not just attending, just coming to church on Sundays, but we're planted in the house of God. And I love seeing so many of us flourishing. Is anybody thankful to be in the house this morning? Come on, come on. It's a beautiful day. I believe God's got a word. I can't wait to share it with you. But before I do, uh, maybe you're here today and you're here for the first time ever or maybe you've just been checking us out for a couple weeks or you're watching online. Wherever you find yourself, we are excited that you're here. Uh, we've been praying for you and we're, we're expecting that God has a word for you today as well. And you may have noticed um, that I am, in fact, not Pastor Josh. I know we look really similar, but, <laughs> but I am not Pastor Josh. Um, they are out this weekend and they've asked me to bring you guys the word and I'm fired up about it. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Uh, but before I do, I've noticed a little bit of a pattern with this whole Jackson preaching on Sunday thing. Because last year I got to preach my first Sunday. Last fall, we were in this series called Within. Does anybody remember that series? We were talking about the Holy Spirit. And um, I got to preach one of those Sundays. And guess who wasn't there on Sunday? Pastor Josh and Sarah. So you fast forward to today. They asked me to preach Labor Day weekend. I get to preach a standalone message, whatever I want. Guess who doesn't show up? <laughs> Pastor Josh and Sarah. I don't know what's happening here. Either they just don't feel like they need to hear me or they really trust me. Trust yes, I'm going to go with that. They just really trust me. So, but on a serious note, man, our path, we have some of the most incredible pastors and leaders. I hope you know that, church. We are so blessed by Pastor Josh and Pastor Sarah and their hearts. And if you don't know that, lean in with me for a second. We're blessed, yes. like for real. Our pastors are the real deal. And I'm so thankful because like we live, in a, we live in a time where like the world is just screaming for real leadership. Like our world is so divided and we're just, we need leaders who don't just have the big vision that I can follow, but are also real and have the integrity in the now. And, you know, me and my team and Haley, we all have the privilege of getting to see Pastor Josh and Sarah outside of Sunday and let me tell you, they are the real deal, church. We are so blessed by our leaders. Can we just thank God for our leaders for a second? Yeah. Um, if you don't already know me, my name is Jackson. Uh, I'm married to that insanely beautiful pregnant lady who's been closing out service recently. If you've seen her, she's with me. Um, and she is amazing, y'all. If you don't know Haley, you need to. My wife is amazing. She's a deep well. Um, and I would encourage you to get to know her if you can. Um, and Haley, I don't know where you're at. You're probably running service right now or directing, but I love you. Um, and I would not be on this platform if it weren't for you. So I love you, Haley, wherever you are. Um, and then obviously, uh, we're in a really exciting season because we're getting ready to have a baby. Oh, man. Y'all, I'm so excited. Baby number one. She's coming this November. Um, her name's Marlo Jane. Oh, MJ, y'all, she's going to melt my face off. I can't <laughs> wait to meet her. Uh, any girl dads in the house? 
I'm excited to be a girl dad. I hear it's pretty legit. Um, but man, we're so excited for this new role God's got for us. Y'all can just start praying for me now because it's going to be hard to tell that girl no. Just start praying for me now. I need some help. But um, I uh, have the incredible opportunity of getting to serve as the student pastor here at New Song Church. Now, um, if you've been coming to New Song for a while, you've probably heard us say this, but one of our visions is we lead with kids. Have you ever heard us say that before? At New Song Church, we lead with kids. And, and what that means is our kids, when they come to church on Sunday, they're not just getting babysat for an hour and a half. Like when they go back there, if you go back and volunteer, we're not just throwing on a movie and then kids are getting picked up. Like that's not what we're about here at New Song. At New Song Church, we're all about pouring into the next generation, helping people know God, even if those people are little people, right? And so that's what we do. Like right now, right now during church, are your kids, your little ones, they're learning about God's word. They're learning about the character of God, what he's like. They're learning about the fact that Jesus is the hope of the world, right? And that's what they're doing right now. But if you have little ones back there or you volunteered, then you already know that. Um, but what you may not know is that same thing happens every single Wednesday night here at New Song Church. Um, a lot of us don't see it because we're not here on Wednesday nights, but here at New Song Students, I get to talk about New Song students for a second because I got the mic right now. My leaders are over there. Um, but here at New Song Students, we believe that we want to help students know God. And we do that by helping them own their faith. Somebody say, own their faith. Own your faith. Now, there's this trend happening in the world, specifically in America, where people are leaving the church in crazy numbers. And it's happening when people graduate high school happening when they leave the house. And there's a reason why. I'm not an expert in this. I don't know the answer to this, and there's probably a lot of different answers. But I think, could it be that maybe we've told students that faith is important, but we haven't actually showed them why or how? Like what it actually looks like to have a personal relationship with God. And there's a lot of different ways that we can do that. Um, and there's not necessarily one answer on how to do that. But here at New Song Students, one of the things that we take really seriously is this thing called small groups. Somebody say small groups. Small groups, I mean, let's be honest, they're not flashy. They're not very exciting. Sometimes they're really awkward. But we believe in small groups and the power of small groups because that is where the magic happens. Like, worship is amazing. We have amazing worship at New Song Students. I, and I hear that the messages are pretty good too. I don't know. But, but when you strip all that away and you take away the lights and the distractions and just the ability to just sit and coast and watch and you put a student in a place where they now have to engage with what we're talking about, that's where the magic happens. And that doesn't solve every problem. That, that's what we do though. We take small groups seriously. And I have, this year has been a really, really cool year for us as New Song students. We've seen small groups go from this kind of this thing where you're like, just please talk to me. Just what question do I need to ask so you can talk to me? To like now we go way over and we have to kick our students out at night. It's really cool. Um, so if you are a student here, you know I love you. You guys are amazing. I've loved seeing you guys grow um, and seeing our youth group grow. But if you are not a part of New Song students yet or you're a parent and you've got a student, get them here. I promise you, you won't regret it. New Song students is amazing. I love you guys. Okay, that was my New Song students plug. Y'all ready to get into the word? Yes. I'm ready to give you the word. I've got 
um, a scripture we're going to be reading a lot today. Um, so if you've got a Bible, you can take it out. If you want to take notes on your journal, bust that out, your phone, whatever you want. Um, but we are going to be starting off today, and I'm going to be preaching this whole message out of the introduction to the book of Luke. Now, I remember uh, thinking, God, how in the world am I going to preach a message out of the introduction to the book of Luke? Like, sometimes the introduction to a book of the Bible is kind of like the credits at the beginning of a movie, and you're kind of like, let's just skip that and just get to the real stuff. But I was reading this a couple of weeks ago, and it just hit me like a ton of bricks, and God was like, this is what I want you to preach about. And so I'm really excited to share it with you. Here's what it is. Luke 1, verse 1. Here we go. Y'all ready? Okay, here we go. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Pause. What is that saying? Basically, Luke is saying, hey, many have already taken the time to write about Jesus, to take an account of the life of Jesus, and they were witnesses and they were ministers. Okay, let's continue. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. A couple weeks ago at New Song Students, we talked about reading the Bible slow. Look at your neighbor and say, read it slow. Read it slow. Sometimes we read the Bible too fast, y'all. We're trying to get that daily reading in. You know, we got to read it quick because I got stuff to do. So I got to read my daily verse and get on with my life, right? And we read it too fast. But when we choose to slow down the pace and to actually read word for word what God is trying to say to us, I believe we actually give God some room to work with what we're giving him. You know what I mean? When we slow down, we actually give God space to speak to us. And so we've been talking about that at New Song Students. And I'm going to read this passage to you again because I don't think you saw what I saw the other, other week. There's something really cool in this passage that I want you to see. I'm going to read it again in the version that I read it in a couple weeks ago. It's in the ESV, English Standard Version. Here's what it says. It says, in as much, pause, you know it's going to be good when it says in as much. That's a big word right there. In as much as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, having delivered them to us. Okay, get ready. Write this down. Circle it. Star it. Here's what it says. It seemed good to me also. It seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you. It seemed good to me also to write the book of Luke. Most excellent Theophilus, that you may have the certainty concerning the things you have been taught. If you're taking notes today, the title of my message is, I had a feeling. Look at your neighbor and say, I had a feeling. I had a feeling. This morning, I believe God wants to use me, wants to use this message to encourage somebody in here this morning. I believe uh, that God wants to use this message to shed some light or bring some clarity to what it means to hear God's voice. Anybody in here want to hear God? I want you to hear God. And I believe that there's a lot of things that we have to understand so that we can hear God. Because here's the thing. I'm no expert at this. 
I'm never going to be an expert until I'm talking to Jesus face to face. But this is what I do know. I do know that God is talking. The truth is, God is talking, but we aren't always listening, right? The truth is, God is always talking, but we aren't always listening. Maybe we want to listen, and, we're, and we are listening, but we don't like what we're hearing. Ever been there before? Or maybe, maybe you want to listen so bad, you're hungry to hear the voice of God, but you're only expecting it to come in this one way, through my pastor on Sunday, and that's it. Or maybe you're hungry to hear the voice of God, and you're hungry to obey God, but you don't know if it's you telling you or if it's God telling you. You ever been there before? Here's the thing. We serve a God who loves to talk to us. He loves to talk to us. And there's nothing God loves more than seeing uh, his will done on the earth through his people, right? Now, let's be honest. God, ha- God can do anything he wants, and there is an easy route to his will, and the easy route is to not use us, right? Because <laughs> we mess things up. We muddy up the waters. But that's not what we see in the Bible. God loves to speak to us, and he loves to use us to see his will. So I want you to know, God wants to talk to you. God wants you to learn what he sounds like. That's his heart for you. And in learning how to be led by the spirit. And so today, that's what I want to shed some light on. In fact, before we get into it, let's just take a second. Let's invite God into this message. Father God, I thank you so much for this morning. And I thank you so much, God, that you want to talk to us. What an honor and a privilege, God, to be to receive a word from the creator of the universe, our heavenly father. And Jesus, I thank you that you paved the way for us to have that communication with God. You made it available to us. So now that it's available, God, help us to, help us to receive it. Help us to see it. Open up our eyes this morning. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Okay. Well, I grew up going to church like a lot of people in this room. I grew up in church. My family we didn't miss church for anything. My parents are here this morning. They could tell you, we didn't miss church for anything. I remember as a kid, maybe finding a day where I was like, I think I could maybe skip today because of a good excuse. Like maybe we had just gotten back from traveling the day before, or I had some big day on Saturday. And I remember going to my mom and my dad and being like, can, can we please just skip this one Sunday? Like it's just one Sunday. Does it even matter? I'm so tired. And my mom and dad being like, oh, you can take a really good nap when you get home from church today. <laughs> like we just, we did not miss church, y'all. And I loved, I loved going to church. Um, but as I got older, uh, church just became, you know, I was going to see my friends. My friends were there. That's why I went to church. That was kind of the only reason. And during my eighth grade year, um, I found myself in a place where I didn't want to go to church anymore. And... I started telling my mom and dad, I was like, "Uh, church is not for me. I don't like it. I don't want to go. I really don't want to go. And I'm going to fight you about it because I don't want to go. And I just had, and I had these friends at my youth group that I was really close with that they were not the best kids. They were going through stuff in their life. and, And so they were rubbing off on me. And then on top of that, I had a youth pastor that uh, that I loved that ended up stepping down. And, and so it was during this time of my life where I was like, mm, I don't like church anymore. It's not fun. I, I just don't want to go anymore. It's not for me. And it was during this time where uh, the Lord actually started doing a work in my mom's heart. He started leading my mom um, and releasing her because we've been going to the same church my whole life. And he's starting to release her to a different church. Um, and she was wanting really badly to start going to a church called Gateway Church, which 
If you're not familiar with Gateway, that's where Pastor Josh is from. That's where I'm from. Um, it's this incredibly influential church in North Texas. And, and my mom really wanted to go to Gateway, um, but we just couldn't swing it. It was too far away. We couldn't make the drive. Um, and so we, we just didn't do it. But long story short, after a couple invites and checking out some other churches and family, friends, and, what, and whatnot, we ended up moving to a church in Frisco, Texas, where I'm from, called North Star. And guess what church took over North Star a couple months after we started going? Gateway Church. Kind of crazy. Like, God was like, you can't make it there? That's okay. I'm going to bring it to you. So, <laughs> so we find ourselves at Frisco going to Gateway Church. It was pretty cool. Well, while it was still North Star, um, and we had just moved over, I didn't know anybody in the youth group. And I'm there on a Sunday morning. We're just having a little small group. You know, the poor youth pastor is trying to just get us to talk, and we don't want to talk. Um, and I'm sure he's saying some good stuff, but we're all in this small group. There's like seven of us. It's tiny. And I remember in the middle of it, this girl in our, in our small group, she was like, hey, that thing that you just said, it reminded me of something. The Lord actually just told me to, to read this verse to you. And so she flips over to the verse, and I don't remember what we were talking about, or I don't remember what verse it was, but all I remember was hearing her say, I heard God, and it blew my mind. I was like, wait a second, you mean to tell me God talked to you? What? You can do that? I, I was blown away. I had never heard of the concept of hearing God. And for the next three years of my life, I became obsessed with the idea of hearing God. I just wanted to hear God so bad in my life. I wanted to hear him talk to me. Can I be honest with you? I really struggled with that. I struggled with it because I didn't think I could hear God. I wanted to hear God so bad, but I didn't think I could. And then I started going to this place where I was like, well, maybe it's just not for me. Maybe it's for other people. Maybe it's for the spiritual people. Maybe it's for my pastors, but maybe God doesn't want to talk to me. And I think this is a, a topic that God wanted me to preach on this morning and that I'm passionate about because when I look back at my young high school self, I see a kid who wanted to hear God so bad, but just didn't know how. Not only that, but I see a kid who actually heard God a lot and actually felt God a lot, but just didn't know to call that God. Isn't that right? Didn't know to call that God. Didn't know to call that little nudge, that little feeling inside of me God. But it was God. It seemed good to me. That's what Luke tells us. I love, I love how transparent Luke is in this introduction. It just seemed good to me to write it. That's what he says. You know, we're so far removed from when scripture was written. It's 2020. The Bible was written a long, long time ago. We tend to forget that the Bible didn't just fall out of the sky into people's laps. Like, Luke wasn't just hanging out one day and the Bible just fell in his lap. And he was like, whoa, a book of Luke. And like, we have a million different Bible translations now. We've, we've got this Bible, it's all put together. But there was a point in time where the book of Luke didn't even exist. Like, think about that for a second. There was a time when the book of Luke didn't even exist yet, but God knew it needed to exist. And God knew he wanted Luke to write it. What does it say? It says, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you. I love, I hope you see how relatable this is. 
Like how relatable this is. Like Luke doesn't say that God came down in this audible voice and was like, Luke, I am your father. (laughs) I'm your father and I've called you to write the Bible. It's my holy word. But you don't know that yet. And people 2,000 years later are still going to be reading it. Like God doesn't say that to Luke. He didn't know that. And at the same time, we don't find Luke getting possessed by God to write the book of Luke, right? Like he wasn't taken over by God and controlled by God to write it. I think that's how I thought the Bible was written as a kid. I just thought God just possessed people and wrote the book. But that's not the case. God partnered with people and he wrote it through them. And this is what we see. We don't see a guy being controlled by God. We don't see a guy hearing the audible voice of God. We see a guy just being led by a nudge inside of him to write the book of the Bible. How crazy is that? Now, church, what I'm not, I'm not saying this morning that God does not speak today. I'm not saying that God doesn't speak audibly. I believe there's thousands and millions of people that have heard God speak audibly and he still speaks. But here's what I am saying. If I could go back and tell my younger self one thing, it would be God doesn't just speak audibly. God speaks through a bunch of different things. As, as a young kid, I really only knew the concept of hearing God. And so I took that literally. And, and that meant that the only way God wanted to talk to me was audibly. But that's not the case. And that meant that if I wasn't hearing anything from God audibly, then I guess I wasn't hearing God in the first place. I was missing the mark somehow. But that's not the case. God speaks in so many more ways than we think. You know, there is a famous Christian rapper. His name is Lecrae. Anybody ever heard of Lecrae before? Lecrae is awesome. He just released a new album called Restoration. Y'all, it goes hard. I have been listening to it nonstop lately. It's so good. And there's this one song on the album uh, featuring the gospel guru, Kirk Franklin. Anybody know Kirk Franklin? Y'all, Kirk Franklin is a beast. Now, y'all don't know this, but I grew up on Kirk Franklin. My dad loves Kirk Franklin so much. We used to go on a 14-hour car ride to Florida and listen to the same Kirk Franklin CD the entire way there. And I used to hate it. But now I'm like, now I look back and I'm like, man, Kirk Franklin's awesome. I was missing out as a kid. Anyway, Kirk Franklin, he's on this album. He's, there's a song called Sunday Morning. And uh, he says something in this song that is so profound. I want to read it to you. Here's what he says. He says, and if, you, if what you see is all you see, then you do not see all there is to be seen. I'm going to read that again because that is good. You should write that down. If what you see is all you see, then you don't see all there is to be seen. You see, there's, and what he's saying in other words is, if I'm only expecting God to speak through this one avenue, I'm missing the countless opportunities all throughout the week. God is trying to get my attention. Like God wants to get your attention, but what is your expectation of him speaking to you? Is it tiny? Or do you expect God to speak through multiple different things, through multiple different people, through multiple different avenues? See, we like to put God in a box, whether we do that intentionally or unintentionally, we like to put him in this box that helps us be able to predict what he's like or or what he does now today. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with wanting to know what God is like. That's a good thing. That's what we're doing today. We're trying to learn about God's character. But 
some people struggle with this topic and they think that, well, God doesn't speak anymore. He, he used to speak, he doesn't speak anymore. Or he just speaks through your pastor or he just speaks through a prophet or a priest. And when I hear that, I think, man, are we reading the same Bible? Because like when I look at the Bible, I see God wanting to use anything and everything that's willing to listen. Anything and everything that's willing to obey. He's going to use anything and everything to get your attention. Like God will use, he'll use a burning bush to get your attention. Or he did for Moses. God even used a donkey to speak to somebody. You know that? Yeah. Oh, for real, I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to read this passage to you. It's crazy. This story is insane. It's in the book of Numbers. And what is happening in this story is the children of Israel, they're growing. They're like a nation now. They're a mighty group of people. And everybody around town knows you don't mess with the children of Israel or God will cut you. He'll get you. You don't mess with the children of Israel. Well, in Numbers 22, we find uh, the children of Israel coming into this land called Moab. And there's a king of Moab. His name is Balak. And he sees the children of Israel coming in and he gets scared because he knows God's going to cut me if I mess with these people. So what he decides to do is he says, I'm going to hire this prophet named Balaam. And if I can just get Balaam to curse the children of Israel, maybe I've got a chance. Maybe I've got a chance against them. So long story short, Balaam actually, or God actually speaks to Balaam. And Balaam said, or God says, do not curse the children of Israel. And he says, do not go to the king of Moab. But if you read, the king keeps sending people to Balaam and he's trying to get Balaam to come curse the children of Israel. So Balaam ends up going, here's what happens next. I'm gonna read this whole story to you, so just put yourself in it. It's a good one, I promise, it's funny. Here we go. Balaam got up the next morning, saddled his donkey and went with the Moabite officials. But God was very angry when he went. And the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in its hand, it turned off the road into a field. Skirt! Balaam beat it to get back onto the road. Then the angel of the Lord said, or then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow pathway through the vineyards with walls on both sides. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it pressed close against the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it, so he beat it back. Then the angel of the Lord moved ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room on either to the right or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it lay down under Balaam, and he was angry and beat it and said, what have I done to make you beat me this three times? So the donkey is talking to Balaam. <laughs> kind of crazy. But not only that, Balaam responds to the donkey. <laughs> Check this out. Balaam answered the donkey, you have made a fool of me. If only I had a sword in hand, I would kill you right now. The donkey says to Balaam, this is getting good. Am I not your own donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? Have I ever been in the habit of doing this? No, he said. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. So he bowed low and fell face down. Man, I wonder, I wonder how many times God is right in front of us and we don't even see God right in front of us. 
And he's speaking to us. He's using whatever he can to get our attention and we don't see God in the message. Have you ever been there before? I wonder if there's somebody in here today, maybe you find yourself and you struggle with a sin issue. It's secret and nobody knows about it. And maybe you've been coming to New Song recently and you've heard our pastor's story about how he had a sin issue and when he brought it to the light and he began to get help and counsel, God was able to do that and now he's free and you've been hearing people talk about this and you see this pattern, God's trying to get your attention, but what do we do? We just push that down and we just say, oh, that's just me. That's just me, I'll just keep going. Maybe you find yourself here today and you're addicted to busy. You just can't stop moving. You gotta be busy because if you're not busy, then you start to feel and you don't wanna feel. So you just keep going and you're saying yes to everything. And maybe you've got some amazing people around you that are like, hey, slow down. Hey, God wants you to rest. Are you resting? Hey, let me take the kids tonight. You just take a break. And what do we do though? We say, I'll just push that down. That's not God trying to tell me to rest. I'm just gonna keep going. Maybe you find yourself here today and you've had multiple people say, hey, you're called to that. That thing that you say that isn't a big deal and you don't really care about, you're actually called to it and you should step out in faith in it. And you're hearing about faith here and stepping out into the unknown and seeing God move. But what do we do? We say, oh, that's scary. That can't be God talking to me. That can't be God leading me. We push it down and then then we don't obey. I wonder how many times God is trying to get our attention and we don't see God in the message. We want God to talk to us And we forget that he's talking to you. He's talking to you through your pastors. He's talking to you through the people in your life. He's talking to you through his word. But what do we do? We don't call it God. We just call it coincidence. We call it a pattern. And then we don't obey. That's That's what happens. And you know, Balaam, he saw the message loud and clear. Like, I love what the donkey responds with. The donkey's like, bro, I'm your donkey. I never do this. That's got to tell you something. How many times does that happen in our life? We're just, we're trying to make this thing work and it's not working. And God is like, hey, I'm right here. Would you look at me? I'm trying to get your attention. This is what happened with Batham. Sometimes the message God is giving us is loud and clear, but we're not recognizing God in the message. Sometimes the message is loud and clear. God is in the message and we just don't see it. I love this, the introduction to Book of Luke. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us just as they were handed down to us by those who from first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. I think if Luke wasn't careful to obey that little feeling that he had in his, in his spirit, the Holy Spirit nudging him, I think he had plenty of reasons to justify not doing it. Like, I, we don't know much about Luke, but scholars believe Luke to be a Gentile. So he wasn't a Jewish man. He, he wasn't an eyewitness to the stories of Jesus. He wasn't actually there. And he wasn't a minister. He was actually just a doctor. And from the tone of this intro, it almost seems like that was something that he wrestled with. Check this out. I want to read it to you again. I hope you see this. Many have already undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. And the people that did that, just as they were handed down, they were first eyewitnesses and servants of the word. That kind of sounds like this to me. I know 
I know I feel like I need to write this, but many have already done it. And, and the people who did it, they were, they were there and they're ministers. I'm just a doctor. I think Luke had plenty of reasons to justify not obeying this word. And you know what the enemy would love to do for you and me? The enemy would love to get us to a place where we believe that the word that God has given us doesn't matter because it's already been said. That's what God, the enemy knows if he can get you to talk yourself out of obeying God, then he's already won the battle. If he can get you to downplay God's voice in your life, he knows you're never gonna follow God's voice. I think Luke had that opportunity. All these other people have already written about Jesus and they were there. They were ministers. I'm just a doctor. But guess what? God wanted Luke's voice. God wanted Luke's voice. Like, think about this for a second. We have four gospels all about the same story. Four stories about the same story. Why do we have four gospels about the same story? It's because you can't contain Jesus in just one story. Like we need all four gospels to see Jesus. Like the book of Matthew, it gives us something that Mark doesn't give us. And the book of Mark gives us something that Matthew doesn't give us. And the book of John's got a special flair to it that Luke doesn't give us, but so does Luke. Check this out. Luke was a physician. Luke knew how to present facts. That's what he was good at. And we even see this in the introduction. What does he say? With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated, that's, that's Luke right there, carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty, that's Luke too, so that you may know for sure the things you have been taught. I've got this Bible at home. It's called a He Reads Truth Bible. It's a really cool Bible. It's got tons of tools in it. There's also a, one for ladies. It's called She Reads Truth. You should check it out. It's amazing. But I was looking at it. I was looking at the uh, first page of Luke. Because in this book, it gives you like an outline of every single book in the Bible. It gives you information about the authors and the dates when they were written. It's really cool. Here's what it says about Luke. This is really cool. The Gospel of Luke is a carefully researched and selective presentation of the person and life of Jesus. The book was written to strengthen the faith of believers and to challenge misconceptions of unbelievers, especially those from a Greek background. This is where it gets good. Check this out. Luke's profession as a medical doctor gives Luke's gospel a unique focus on Jesus, his humanity and the role of Christ as the suffering servant. God needed Luke's voice to show a new side of Jesus. I wonder what voice God wants to use in you to show a new side of Jesus. But how many times do we downplay that voice? And we think, oh, everybody's already done it. My pastor's already doing it. What do I have to offer? Let me tell you, if you downplay the purpose of your voice, guess what? You're gonna downplay the purpose of God's voice in your life. If you're able to find yourself in a place where you can downplay the purpose of your voice, then you can downplay the purpose of God's voice in your life. You'll downplay the fact that he's speaking to you and you'll find yourself in a place where you don't wanna obey because you don't think it matters. But your voice matters and God's talking to you. And what he's talking to you about, he wants you to step out and obey. And you can do that. God wants to talk to you. But I think we find ourselves in this place, maybe you find yourself in the place that I was in where you're at a place where you're hearing about hearing God and that sounds cool, you wanna do that. 
But eventually you can find yourself in this place where it's like, okay, well, how do I know if it's me or how do I know if it's God? And we find ourselves in this crossroads. I think there's two answers to this. They're really simple. The first one is simple, but it's hard to actually walk out. Pastor David was actually talking about it in worship, and that's that it takes faith. At the end of the day, hearing and obeying God, you can't do it without faith. It 100% takes you stepping out and doing something or saying something or obeying in a, obeying in a way where you don't know what's going to happen. And guess what? That's an okay place to find yourself in. Actually, if you look at every single person in the Bible who ever obeyed, guess what? They didn't know exactly what was going to happen. It took faith for them. That is a good place to find yourself in. Or maybe you find yourself in a place where you did step out and then you found out later that actually wasn't God. That's okay too. You know, God's not mad at you for trying to obey him. We tend to think that like, well, what if I do this and it's not God, but my heart is to to do obey. Guess what? God's going to lead you. If you step out and it wasn't God, God's not trying to punish you for trying to obey him. There may be some consequences like you might, your pride might hurt a little bit, but that didn't hurt anybody. Like God wants you to learn his voice. He's going to show you how, but it takes you taking steps of faith. It takes faith, but it doesn't just take that. Check this out. I'm going to read this introduction one last time. Here's what it says. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything, this is important, carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you. You know why Luke was able to write the word? It's because he knew the word. Luke was able to write about Jesus because he had spent so much time studying that he knew without a shadow of a doubt, this is truth. You cannot discern the voice of God in your life if you don't know what he sounds like. If you don't know what he sounds like, you're never going to know when he's speaking to you. What does Romans say? Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing what? The word of God. Check this out. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that by testing, you may discern, you may find out, you may discover what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You wanna know what God sounds like? You have to be acquainted with his word. You can't know what God sounds like if you're not acquainted with his word. I know this sounds so simple, but it's true. I can't hear God if I don't know what he sounds like. If, I'm, if I don't know what this book says, if I'm not in it enough to hear his character and stories, guess what? There's no way I'm gonna be able to decipher what he's saying to me now. I have to be acquainted with his word. You know, there was a time in my life where I discovered this was important to me. See, I grew up in church and I knew that the Bible was important, but I didn't read it. I just let my pastors tell me what it said. But I found myself in this place where I wanted to hear God so bad for myself, but I didn't have time to get in that. I didn't make time to get in that. And I, I discovered, this is kind of funny. I discovered why this was important one day when I thought God was telling me to do something. And I thought, I think God is asking me to look up this verse. I'm like in my quiet time 
Thankfully, it was just me because this would have been really embarrassing. But I'm in my quiet time and I'm like, I think like that girl in my small group, God just gave me this verse and I need to go read it. It's in John 42. And so I open my Bible and I'm looking between the book of John and the book of Acts and I'm like, that's weird. John 42 isn't in my Bible. And that's when it hit me. I don't even know what this book says. I want to hear God so bad, but I haven't even put time into this. How in the world am I supposed to know what God is saying if I don't know what he sounds like? But there is a time every single year where I hear God more than any part of the year. And it's at the beginning of the year. My wife and I do this thing called the 30-day shred. You've probably heard us talk about it. At the beginning of every year, we read the whole Bible in 30 days. And it takes a lot of work, but it's amazing. And I, I promise you, there is not a time in the year that I don't hear God more than in the beginning of the year when I'm completely immersed in his word. And you know what? I, I'm not really retaining what I'm reading. I'm reading so much of it. There's no way I can walk away and know everything I read. But what I am doing is I'm seeing God's voice all throughout the scripture. And I'm seeing, oh, this is what he sounds like. Oh, this is not what he sounds like. This is who God is. And this is what I, this is what I want you to see is that if you want to hear God, maybe you find yourself like I was in high school, just you're hearing that God wants to talk to you. You believe God wants to talk to you. That's great. That's a good place to be, to be hungry for God's voice. But that's a bad place to be if you don't have this. If you don't have this hidden in your heart, you're not gonna be able to follow God's voice, his little leadings, his little, the little times in his life where the Holy Spirit's nudging you to make that decision or to talk to that person or to take that job or to lose that job. There's no way you'll be able to walk that out if you don't have God's word hidden in your heart. This is what he sounds like. But here's the good news. He wants to talk to you. God wants to talk to you. And he wants your voice to be heard. Are you willing to obey? Are you willing to step out in faith into something that you don't know and see God do something miraculous? Church, I wanna invite you guys to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. We're just gonna take a quick second to do what we're talking about this morning. Talking about hearing God. And you just heard a lot of God's word. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to reveal something to our hearts this morning. I believe there's people in here who want to hear God so bad. And I believe the message God is trying to speak to you this morning is he's trying to wake you up to the fact that you are hearing him. That verse that keeps coming up, that message that you keep hearing the people that keep saying the same thing, guess what? God's trying to get your attention. He's trying to say, hey, I'm here. This is what I want you to do. Maybe that's where you find yourself today. God is trying to get your attention. Maybe you're here this morning and you just find out, you, you just find yourself in a place where you're, you're, you're saying, I know I haven't given God room to work. I haven't, I haven't hidden his word in my heart. And I wanna hear God, but I haven't made time to actually know what he sounds like. Maybe that's where you find yourself. Can I tell you, there's not, a, there's not a bad place to start. It's not too late. It's not too late to hear God. It's not too late to get in his word. And God, we're sorry if we've ever tried to take the easy route to hearing your voice. Take the easy route by letting our pastors do it instead of us. 
by letting our, our friends who are more spiritual than us speak into our lives instead of us going to you first. God, we're sorry for not making time for your word. We're sorry for not getting into your word and knowing what you actually sound like so you can lead us. And God, we commit ourselves to your word. We thank you that your word is strong enough to, to carry our life. Your word is infallible and perfect and it can hold up our life. We can build our life upon this word and see you move and, and hear your voice because you've placed yourself in this living word for us. And we, we choose to make time to know what you sound like so we can be led by your voice. Maybe find yourself here this morning and you haven't even made that decision to just take a step into an actual relationship with God. You, you find yourself like me as a kid and you're in the routine of going to church and that's good, but you've never actually made the step to submit your life to God and to give your life to God. I wanna give you an opportunity to do that right now. If that's you today and you find yourself in a place where you're like, man, I'm, I'm done playing church. I'm done faking this. I wanna know God for myself. If that's where you find yourself today, I'm just gonna lead you in a prayer and we're all gonna pray this as a church family. Um, but mean it with your heart. Pray this prayer out loud, confess it with your mouth. And in that moment of confession, God is going to make you a new creation. So right now as a church family, we're all gonna say this together. It's not just you making the decision, but we're all gonna say this together. So let's pray this with me. Say, Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross, for coming down on earth and living a perfect life for me. Thank you for taking my sin. Thank you for taking my sickness, the death in my heart onto yourself. I thank you, God, that you are alive, that Jesus, you rose from the dead and I receive your life. I confess you are Lord over my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.